Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Uh, my name is Nigel. Hammer's over there. Hammer, you know, the, the, the issue of human trafficking is something we've been saying has been underreported for years in terms of media coverage. Now, now, certainly with the porous open border, the cartels are making billions off human trafficking. There was even a movie over the summer, that independent movie, a Sound of Freedom, that caused a stir about human trafficking. Uh, not only abroad, but like like even right here locally, I think there's still a lot we don't know, especially in terms of the data. And that's where Eric Howard comes in. Eric is a national development director for the Institute for Shelter. Eric, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. How are you? I am doing well. It's great to be with you guys. So, Eric, before we get into, um, you know, I want to talk about what the actual definition of human trafficking is. Before that, just tell us a little bit about your organization, um, the the Institute for Shelter Care, and what it is you do. Well, the Institute for Shelter Care is a national organization that really undergirds those that are on the front line, and we provide knowledge, skills, tools in the community for ministries that that are out there working with survivors and that provide exemplary restorative care to the sexually exploited. So we are working with organizations throughout the United States that provide a shelter or that are uh, engaging these individuals that have come in and that we're simply helping them to, to lead that, that life. Wow. Um, I, I think there's a, there's a broad definition of, of human trafficking or sex trafficking. Can you kind of nail down what those two are? Are they one and the same thing and, and what exactly well, that means? Yeah. So, so human trafficking involves using force fraud or coercion for the purposes of sexual exploitation, forced labor, services, organ trafficking, or sexual exploitation of a minor by any means. Hmm. So there has to be that force, fraud, or coercion for to for human trafficking to be occurring. And Eric, over the summer, Nigel mentioned this earlier, that film, The Sound of Freedom, got a lot of people talking about human trafficking. Now, again, Nigel and I have been talking about this for a number of years. Human trafficking, I think, is the most underreported story at a national level. But this movie comes along, and it's got people talking. Now, I'm curious, from your perspective, what was really true about that movie, or were there some liberties taken in regards to what really goes on in the world of human trafficking? Well, I, I think like any book, you can't always get the story exactly like you can on, on the film. And I think what the film really did do is it brought it to the forefront that it does occur. Um, but it was a story. It was taken to be a story, to perhaps create awareness. It doesn't necessarily align with everything that we are seeing. So, for example, um, our research and what we're seeing is the number one source of where individuals are trafficked is through a boyfriend or pimping. It's filling that relational void, and then they're exploited. The next one, our data indicates, is between 26 and 47 percent of child trafficking is at the hands of a family member Mm. or familial trafficking. And then there's the internet grooming that, that occurs, so that social media that, that, that happens, that we talk about pornography and sometimes we joke about it, but that, that's a feeder 
for what is going on. And then I also want to dispel that kind of white van, zip tie, boogeyman myth. It is occurring. But you have to understand that that many times a trafficker looks at the body as a commodity that can be reused and reused and reused. So they're fostering and gaining trust. And once that trust is earned, they exploit them. And Eric, how do like these people connect? Is there some sort of social media network? Are there, you know, places on the dark web? Like, how does one, you know, get the ball rolling on this kind of stuff? Well, it, it, it's a second twisted world. I don't know if you saw the article that recently, just just this week, it became news that uh, a 27, 26, 27 year old groomed a 12 year old off of that that internet game Roboblox. Oh my God! So, so yeah, it, my, my it's kids a question it. that people. Yeah, it, 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 it you know, as, as a father, you're looking at that, and it's the way they engage. We, 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 we joke about the whole uh, OnlyFans or the, the young girl that's, you know, I'm taking pictures of my feet. All of a sudden, it takes someone to say, I like your feet. Oh, you have nice feet. Oh, that's great. You're in school. They're gaining that trust. They have this long view in mind. This is not the boogeyman I'm showing up. This is pure manipulation. They're exploiting weaknesses, emotional weaknesses. And, and there are characteristics that, that come in it to that, that potentially um, – I don't want to say predispose, but a characteristic right. such, as, such as poverty and uh, family dysfunction, that there are issues with addiction and that individuals will come in and perhaps in that dating relationship will introduce that person, that woman to drugs and get them addicted. So now all of a sudden you're dealing with the sexual trauma that's occurred, but now you're also dealing with an addiction issue. And so the shelters are now having to peel this back layer by layer by layer as they go forth into this. So these are individuals that have been traumatized in cases where they have been forced to have sex. 20, 24, 30 times or more a day. Unbelievable. Mm. Now, Eric, you mentioned something earlier that I think is really important. These people building trusts with these vulnerable victims. Uh, is that really what happened with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell and that gross, disgusting pervert island situation that happened there? Is that kind of like the high profile example? Yeah, he exploited weaknesses. So if you look at some of the individuals, they were struggling and he took advantage of their need for money. And when you're 12, 13, 14, how many of us made stupid choices and stupid mistakes? And I'm not I'm not saying, please hear me. I'm not saying those survivors were stupid. They were a young adolescent that made a choice that probably had no idea what they were getting into. Yeah. And then they became entrenched and they became entrapped and they used a sense of shame. Pictures were taken. I'm going to tell your mother. I'm going to tell your father. I'm going to go to your school. I'm going to post these. I'm going to tell your youth pastor. You're no good. No one's going to want you anymore. And so think about the, all the things that we did when we were younger or even 19 that we would want no We joke about it, but we would honestly want no one to really know some of those really poor choices we made mm -hmm. because they have a consequence. But then imagine if someone got a hold of those and started exploiting you. What would you do to protect those, those, those secrets to be able to come out and to get shame? Or if perhaps maybe you, you didn't have food on your table or in means were tight or take, you know, the role that a father plays in a young person's life, specifically in their daughter. If you have no male role model in your life and all of a sudden there's a man that's, that's pretending 
pretending to care about you legitimately. Oh, go to school, get good grades. All of a sudden, I mean, I don't want to offend your audience. I don't think I can. Hey, I'm going to send you a picture of me naked, but I'm taking this father role. What do I do with this? Well, I trust you because I trust you so much that I know you won't turn me in. Well, hey, I showed up at your volleyball game the other day. I even took a picture, but you didn't even know I was there because I know you said your father couldn't show up. So you see all of a sudden it starts to evoke this emotion. It is incredibly scary, but I don't want you to think of this boogeyman theme. Sure. The majority of it comes from a boyfriend, from a pimp. You know, keep in mind that data does vary. That um, there was a recent report that I read that said, that 84% of those victims, uh, survivors, actually were domestic, wow. meaning that wow. a majority wow. of them. They, there are individuals that are coming across the border, and I, I don't want to turn this in, into that, but they're coming across the border undocumented, so we can't even get our hands around how many are coming across, let alone how many are trafficked coming across, because it's not like they're reporting and they're not getting picked up. And there's amazing groups here in the city that are doing amazing things to to create um, change and advocate for individual, you know, groups like the Indiana Protection for Abused and Trafficked Humans Task Force. They're doing amazing stuff. Not today. Frank Reich's organization that that they're advocating and and initiating prevention strategies, you know, specifically for sexually abused and exploited children. So and then there's the federal and the local law enforcement that are on the front lines that are investigating things. And it's not something that we just openly talk about because there are numerous things that that happen. Eric Howard is the uh, National Development Director for the Institute for the Shelter Care. What can we do? What can our audience do to get involved? Is there a way you can donate? What do you suggest, um, you know, people that are very concerned about this subject? How can they get involved? Absolutely. So I, I think first of all, the first and foremost thing is, is I would love for your audience to become truly informed of what does the landscape look like. Do your research. What do people need? Yes, absolutely. Resources. The number one thing that when I talk to other shelters across the country is they need financial support. Okay. They, they, need, they need more. There's a high burnout rate of case managers, as you can imagine, because of secondary trauma and the stories they hear in and out. Yeah, I couldn't imagine hearing those stories every day, yeah. And some of the things that we are trying to address through our Shelter U program, which we uh, provide to shelters, you can sponsor that where we undergird them. We have over 20 plus psychological assessments and behavioral assessments, legal releases, but it, it specifically is for that shelter to gain the knowledge and the wisdom to be able to be a best-in-practice shelter, and we walk beside them for 36 months. They can certainly visit our website just at the instituteforsheltercare.org, download some of our, or excuse me, download some of our research, download our report on familial trafficking, the role that faith plays in a survivor's life. We just did a survey uh, of talking about that, and the servers that said it, there is this tension between this faith-based work or, or not. The number of survivors that said towards the end of it to know that someone legitimately cared and was praying for them yeah. was 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 amazing for the transformation of their life, that there, there was hope. Not this, hey, take two scriptures, call me in the morning, but someone was willing to walk in the depth and the depravity and the hurt and the brokenness, and it's not simple. I, I think for your audience to be informed, yep. they can reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn. 
Um, they can email me directly at just ehoward at instituteforsheltercare.org. You know, if you want to put up the, um, the familial uh, study uh, on, on your platform, feel free to. But I would love just to engage your audience because I think they're incredibly passionate yes. about the community and what is going on. And when you talk about the most vulnerable being exploited, their voice is taken away. Well, Eric, we got to leave it there, man. I I really appreciate the conversation. This has been eye-opening, and it has been, quite honestly, just jarring to hear some of the things that uh, are going on in this country and even right here locally in Indiana. That's Eric Howard, National Development Director for the Institute for Shelter Care. Eric, keep us updated, and you're welcome back anytime. Absolutely. Hey, thank you so much, guys. You have a great evening. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.